This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. I first learned about Roman Eisenstein through Paul Truella, an anti-apartheid activist. Through Paul, I learned that Roman was not only an anti-apartheid activist himself and a member of the African resistance movement, but actually was born in Poland and survived the Warsaw Ghetto. Um, Roman joins me now to tell me exactly what happened and how he survived Warsaw, Germany, 1940s. Roman, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, thank you, Taris, for being here, and I'm ready to be interviewed. Uh, Roman, how have you ever spoken about your experiences in Poland? Yes, I have. Uh, just recently, I was in Poland for a variety of reasons. Where I took three of my children there, and I was interviewed at the Warsaw Poland PLIN Museum, which is a fantastic Jewish museum in Warsaw, and they were starting to interview me, and we'll carry on with that. I have also, um, I am a journalist, and in 1984, I recorded my mother in a very moving and very beautiful uh, interview, which I'm, I'm going to, it's in Polish and very, very good. So I'm where, I'm, where I'm very much on top of it now, so, you can, so I remember everything and I've spoken quite a bit about it. How old were you when the war broke out? When the war broke out, I was just under three, mm. and my first memory, and my father and the members, of, male members of our family, went all to, uh, to 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 fight the war. My father was went on the eastern front of Poland, and uh, they were then attacked by the Soviet Union, which also attacked Poland. So I was just with my mother and my auntie Stefcia, who ironically was. German, and she was a German of British, with brothers on the other side. She just came from the borderland, very good women who wanted to hide me after the war, when the Germans came in. So, and my first memory of the war was under the porch of our block of flats, in my mother's arms. Across the porch was a white horse, dead white horse, I remember that. And I remember telling my mother, look, mommy, our balcony is falling. And that was a direct hit on our heart. Wow. So that is what I remember, my first image of the war. And then, of course, things developed, but we haven't got much time. So basically, I ended the war, and I have to, and my children took a photo of it, in a place called Palestine Street, Palestinska, uh, on the other uh, uh, in a cemented dustbin because the house we were hiding, Mr. Szymanska, had just got a direct hit. And uh, we and Mrs. Szymanska and my father, who'd been hiding, and uh, a washerwoman and her son were just hid in that uh, place because there was nowhere else. And uh, as bombs were falling all over us, I should, I think, add that I should get a medal for the resistance because across uh, the road was some kind, and still exists now, I saw it, uh, some kind of a German facility factory. Uh, in front of it, on a small bench, 
with two soldiers guarding it, and when the bombs were falling, they used to hide. And one day I just ran across and stole the little bench, and after that they had to stand. So there we are. So that's how I ended the war. Now, how we landed up from the Warsaw Ghetto, because uh, there is a frightening statistics, which you'll find in Israel Gutman's book, massive book, and the best book on the issue, uh, the Jews of Warsaw, 1939, 1943. Uh, I belong to maybe not 2% of Jewish children still alive mm. in by 1943, so I'm a statistical oddity in that respect. However, we were smuggled out of the ghetto. My father, before the war, had various businesses, including a very large electrical um, wholesale business, and he helped the men to set up in business at some Fabiszewski, who was subsequently shot by the Germans for acts of resistance. And Fabiszewski was a member of ACA, the Polish resistance movement, and that is our my first port of call was there, the Fabiszewskis. And there were many other hiding places, but we can't have too much time uh, to go into that. My mother, my father had to hide because uh, more the he did not look totally blonde, but my mother was blonde, blonde. and Fabiszewski managed to get for genuine identity papers, and they were based on following. It was for somebody called Stefania Szczepanska, with a birth certificate based in Vilno, uh, which was mostly occupied by the Russian initially anyway. And on the basis of that birth certificate, she obtained an official German identity paper saying she was indeed a Stefania Stepanska. Um, and she could then move around also like any Polish person, not being Jewish. But of course, the Poles themselves were terrorized as well. And, uh, and you know, in those days, of course, uh, things were very difficult. So we, we survived in various places. The most dramatic place was when we lived with uh, with the couple Kozaratsky in uh, Praga, that's where we ended the war. And one day, just before the end of the war, Nazaratsky had three children, a boy called Roman, like myself, a daughter whose name I cannot remember, but who together with my mother took part in various resistance. She was a member of ACA, and my mother was helping as well. And and the third son, Genek, who was living uh, not with his father, he was the eldest son, and whenever Genek came to visit his father, we had to hide because Genek was what, his, what was, he was called by his father, in Polish it means a man from under a dark star, that is a gangster who immediately sell us for money. However, the German arrived to that place, we all hid in the cellar, and they were, they, I don't think they were looking necessarily for Jews, but because what they were saying was terrorists and terrorists, and that's what I heard. And they poured petrol all over the house, and they put a watchman on the garden side, there was a large garden, this was uh, when the Wusu, Praga, the side of Wusu, was getting onto the countryside, and and stood the men most of them stood in the street and the watchman outside and eventually the friends of such that we had to get out of the cellar 
and go through the garden, and my father, who knew how to handle a gun, or had a gun, just killed the German there and then in front of me, and we had nowhere to go. There are all sorts of adventures, actually, too, too long to explain. But eventually we had only to go to Genek, the, the gangster. Now, that is what tells you about people under stress. You never know what happens. <laughs> Good people turn into bad and frightened people, and horrible people and gangsters like Genek turn out wonderful. He shared everything with us. He had a very small flat. He let us stay for him and the whole lot of us, actually, stay there for as long as he could until we found some, somewhere else and shared the little scrap of food because there was no food with everybody. So, you know, it just tells you... How, how things are under stress. You never know how things are. And from there, um, we we hit with Mr. Shimanska, with a tram woman called Mr. Duba, the Juba, Juba rather, and uh, who was a very nice man and very helpful to us and to my mother anyway. And uh, unfortunately, he was a drunkard. And one day in the street, he says to my mother, Mrs. Stefania, he didn't know her name was Gustava, but anyway, it's not a false name. I will not give you up to the German, because he was too drunk, and that was in the middle of the street. So, but you know, people are what they are. And that is how I ended the war. Uh, there were many adventures, many traumatic, very traumatic events. Uh, most of our family were murdered, but not all. Uh, an uncle of mine survived, he was a chemical engineer, he survived in the Soviet Union, he was on the oil field in Azerbaijan, in, in Baku, Azerbaijan now. Um, another uncle, uh, my father's brother, youngest brother, was in the Warsaw Uprising, and he was in prison awaiting execution, um, because he was also in the and he was liberated when the Warsaw Uprising happened against the Germans, and uh, they fought. And then when the uprising was crushed, and the German occupied just before the Soviet entered, they hid in the cellar. And they hid in that cellar not knowing what was going on, that the Germans had gone. And the first thing that happened is they, the people in the cellar, they were discovered by the Soviet and the Polish troops on the Soviet side, um, and uh, they started shooting at one another. And then I had two cousins, Ada, the most beautiful cousin of mine, my, first cousin, my father's niece, and Marisha, who died recently in New York, um, who was the first cousin of her mother. They survived the war as well, and they immediately set up to... to to be very tough with me because I had no manners apparently, <laughs> and I always remember Marisa scolding me because uh, I was drinking tea with a teaspoon <laughs> in my <laughs> in my cup, so it's crazy as it may sound, but that is how it was. Um, so that was after the war. Uh, I can't tell you much more, of course, but I think time is probably getting short. Time is time is up. But just to say thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it's incredible to think that you went on from surviving. Yes, I'm afraid I couldn't speak. Uh, yeah, uh, I couldn't speak much more than that. But uh, you know, it's a very long story, and I'm very available to to speak for the lot. Thank you very much. Perhaps we can follow up on it at a later stage. But thank you so much for sharing your story of being and a child. Thank you very in much, Sarah, for speaking to me.
Thank you very much. That was Roman Thanks. Eisenstein, who um, survived the Warsaw Ghetto.